Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode number four of the How Do You Peel podcast. Today's episode, I am joined by my guest, Michaela Irvin. She is the whole Mac on Instagram, so go check her out. Michaela is an anti-rules business mentor who is highly invested in helping you run your business your way. Much to her parents' dismay, she always felt drawn to challenging the rules and social norms. As a retired photographer and avid creative, nothing lights her up more than partnering with fellow creatives, designers, makers and service-based artists to bring their whole self into their business, attracting the clients gigs and opportunities of their dreams in the process. I have had the pleasure of connecting with Michaela through my business. She has helped me get to know exactly who my business is and what I stand for and the way that I can show that to all of you. So if you resonate with anything she says, go check her out on Instagram and yeah, let's get into the podcast. I hope you enjoy. So, Michaela, how are you doing? I am doing so well. Excited to be talking to you today. How are you? I'm fantastic. It's so great to have you here. <laughs> I am. I was so thrilled when you said um, yes to coming and doing this podcast with me. Um, it would be great if you could tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Michaela Irvin. Hello, I am an anti-rules business coach. And really what that means is that one day I got really sick and tired of coaching women who were so bogged down by the shoulds that their industry and that business as a whole had placed on them. And um, I found more and more as we started challenging those roles that they actually just exist to serve other people, not you, and doing things that you don't love to do in your business and carrying it out in ways that you don't love to carry it out um, really just doesn't serve you. It restricts you and it keeps you from from having the impact that you want to have. And so the more and more they would break the rules, the more and more they would start to thrive. And I just felt like I hit the lottery. Like it was so, (laughs) it was just so amazing to see these women thriving and it all because they're basically choosing themselves. And so that's what I do. I help women who have been in business start to shut off the pieces of their business that don't fit them anymore so that they can thrive. Oh, that's amazing. I connected with you through a five-day course that you were doing that just, it was all about getting your brand identity and really feeling yourself and getting that connection with your audience and really knowing what you want to be doing. Uh And I absolutely loved it. And I've got to say, guys, check Michaela out because she is amazing. Just such a personal person. Like you really are very personal and like to connect with everybody who you're interacting with, which I think is is just amazing. So what got you to start this business? Yeah, well, thank you so much for saying that, first of all. (laughs) (laughs) That was so kind to hear. Content Queen is one of my absolute favorite, uh, you know, things to run. So starting my business, it really happened whenever 
my oldest was born. Um, Before that time, I was in the workforce. I really loved the work that I was doing. And I could not imagine myself in the role of a stay-at-home mother. Um, I really wanted to work. And but when my young or my oldest was born, um, I was hit with postpartum anxiety, which was just extremely heavy and surprising for somebody who hadn't been raised in a home that normalized mental health issues. Yeah. And um, so it was very interesting. Long story short, I could not leave my son. Um, I just didn't feel like I could. And so you know, after a certain amount of time, I started to get bored with the stay-at-home mom duties. You know, having a newborn, at least for me, was like the easiest part. I can't imagine starting a business now with my kids running around and being, uh, being wild, but it was just us all day long while my husband was at work. And so, um, I started, I started looking on like Pinterest at those blogs that are like a thousand ways to make a thousand dollars this month. And I was so blown away by the creativity of people. Um, Again, I grew up in a very uh, typical nine to five home where you go, you go to college, you get the job. And, and so seeing all these people out here, just like being totally like scrappy and like creative and, like bringing their talents together to create money in their life was just amazing to me. And I wanted to try it all. Yeah, (laughs) I did for a while. I tried a bunch of little things here and there. And as soon as they would take off, I got bored Mm -hmm. and I would be, I just was, I was very interested in the building and I was not very interested in the maintaining of a business. (laughs) (laughs) And so it wasn't until about six months later, I landed in photography, which was, you know, something that I, I had had a camera since I was six um, and was just always snapping pictures. And so I landed in photography as a professional role, but it being in my opinion at that time, a saturated market, which I don't really believe in saturated markets anymore, but that's another story. Um, just wanted to put that out there. Um, but at the time I believed it was a saturated market. I knew so many photographers and I thought everybody knew photographers. They didn't understand why they would choose me. I wanted to figure out how two different photographers can have the same skill, um, and have varying success. One could be charging, you know, $150 US dollars and, uh, you know, never be booked while another one could charge thousands of dollars mm-hmm. and, and be totally successful, booked all the time. If the skill was the same, then I wanted to know what the difference was. And that's when I started digging into brand identity and like authenticity and how you show up and, you know, the relationships that you build with your people. And as I started to share that with people in my circle that I had, you know, met in the local business community, um, 
I just got this like high from teaching them <laughs> and you know a few months into sharing some of my stuff uh, a girl asked if I'd mentor her and I was like what <laughs> what's a mentor <laughs> what do you mean? And when I think of a mentor right and and you know until that point I hadn't even heard of like the business coaching world or anything I just pictured a mentor being like a gray-haired very wise man or woman like just be like having holding like all these keys uh, to the universe and like yeah. done. <laughs> white and beard like, all the way yeah. to the ground <laughs> yeah I was like I'm 22 I don't know anything <laughs> <laughs> and so it was uh, yeah it was really an interesting time in my life but I started digging into coaching and what it's like to build a course and you know, what different mentorship styles looked like. And the rest is history. I still do photography for fun. Um, it is definitely my creative outlet, but um, coaching and mentoring women is where my heart is. So, yeah. So amazing. And it's really empowering to know that you really, you wanted to find out what was going on and you went for it and you really did your research and and I think that there's something really important in that in in that people you don't have to know everything in order to start something you can learn so much and then once you've learned things then people want to learn from you because you've obviously done all of this research and power to make yourself knowledgeable and yeah um, and I think that's something really important that people often stop themselves from getting somewhere because they're like oh I don't know anything though yeah I totally agree with that you know and I think ego gets in the way a lot because we're so concerned with being the person that knows the most. You don't have to be the person that knows the most to help other people. You know, everyone is always a step ahead of somebody in some area and can lend a hand and help them up. And I think if we could just focus on that, that this world already would be a stronger and better and um, you know, more fruitful place. So you don't have to know everything. You don't have to be gray haired and have a beard to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you can be 22 and talking to your friend in the coffee shop who wants to <laughs> ask absolutely to be their mentor. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> That's amazing. Hello and welcome to a brief interlude by me. I am very excited to record this wonderful advert for you on this microphone that was donated to the podcast by Ian at IMAX Repairs. This great sound wouldn't be possible without him, so thank you, Ian. I would highly recommend going to check them out for an iPad, phone, tablet, computer, or laptop repair. So go check them out at imaxrepairs.co.uk and if you are in the local area then they are located at the Barnes Church Farm Station Road Oldbury. Thanks for listening and now let's get back to the podcast. Um, You said that a lot of this started from struggling with postpartum anxiety. How did you 
overcome that or what were your coping mechanisms for that? Yeah, it was definitely such a journey, isn't it? Like, (laughs) and anxiety and I have learned to coexist. It's been, you know, nearly six years since that time. Anxiety and I have learned to coexist together. And um, it, it started off very strange because there was a lot of shame and judgment and confusion around, um, what was wrong with me? You know, I would have these thoughts that would come from anxiety out of fear about something happening to my baby. And without going into too much detail, the, you know, the morbidness of the thoughts made me disgusted with myself. I'd be like, what is wrong with you for thinking stuff like this? And I would tell myself, you need to stop watching shows that are scary. And, you know, you should have you know, protected your mind more before you had children. And, you know, I also grew up in a very religious background. So a lot of the quote help that I got in that first couple of years was just telling me to pray, pray, pray about it. And I just felt like if I'm still struggling with this, then, you know, my spiritual relationship is not strong enough or, um, you know, it's, it was my own doing and I just needed to snap out of it. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, um, especially with the mental health conversation really being still very new. Um, and I remember the day that I just like was laying on the couch completely miserable. It was almost like in the span of a week, my connection with my newborn, he was three months old at that time, um, had just been severed. I went from him being like the moon and the stars to loving him Mm -hmm. to being afraid that something was going to happen to him to just totally feeling like this is a burden. And I don't want it anymore. And I just remember laying on the couch, just like not able to stop crying because I felt that way. Shame for feeling that way. Um, You know, frustration that I felt that way. And I remember my mom just like kind of looking at me and then looking at my husband and saying like, something's got to (laughs) happen because this is not okay. And so, you know, I went to the doctor, I filled out, the form that they hand you where they number one to five how do you feel yeah the the really accurate I'm sure (laughs) um form that tells you if you are indeed depressed or not and I just remember like even in that time just analyzing myself and being like am I overreacting like is this just a phase yeah it was so humiliating like I just remember sitting there on that doctor bed with the you know paper under my butt and just being like this is it felt dehumanizing yeah I know same feeling the same feeling I've actually just got shivers thinking about it now Mm. um it it is that that feeling of am I overreacting I I was like but but somebody must have it worse than I do so my number five is different from somebody else's number five on this scale Mm. of how likely am I to harm myself and and those kinds of things and 
the questions really are very pointed and very difficult to to deal with as well and when you're in the doctor's office you don't you don't know how people are going to react yeah and i feel like that is so true and i feel like the doctor and this could have just been my experience um but i feel like even this doctor was like you know we just want to make sure that it's actual depression and you're not just emotional and yeah that's something that i know gets tied onto women a lot especially um you know in transitional phases like when you're becoming a teenager or even like you know going through one of the various transitional phases that you do as a young adult yeah. um, you know having children it's always like is she just about to start her period or is she actually depressed and I'm like if you could just attach some wires to our head and watch what goes on as we read the questions you would have your diagnosis like you you would would know know. no question about anything (laughs) yeah there's no other reason that we should be you know so Uh, nervous about a set of questions like that but I just remember in that moment and I also remember thinking my doctor told me she said you know there's no shame in taking medication um which was nice to hear um because up until that point I hadn't really heard a lot of that messaging um there's no shame in taking medication we want you to um enjoy the first year of your son's life and not just spend it trying to survive and not felt so real to me because in that moment I was like oh my god that's exactly what I'm doing but also I it felt scary (laughs) because I was it felt like almost like I was being put into battle um I was like, oh, okay. It was the first time I was realizing that this was a fight. And um, I would love to say that at that moment, everything turned around and I was able to enjoy the first year. I still felt like I spent the first year trying to survive. And I think that it is because there is a painfully small amount of resources. I know it's true in the U.S. I don't know about other countries. But there's a painfully small amount of resources uh, for people coping with mental health issues. And it's basically limited to like two different types of pills that you get to try out. Yeah. And hopefully one of them works for you. And there's always that disclaimer that they might make you worse before they make you better. And it's just like the effort that it takes to even get the help is... Yeah. You know, and so I just think it has been a journey for me and I'm so thankful that I was able to explore, um, you know, medicine. I was able to explore alternative medicine and energy work and therapy. And I, I think that at least for me, and hopefully this encourages somebody listening, none of those were a silver bullet for me. None of those things were like, oh, that's the thing that helped me. It was a combination of all of them and learning over time to trust myself again, that I could trust myself, that I could experiment with new things. And 
in that relationship with me that finally helped me grow and and come into this place where, like I said, now I coexist with anxiety and it's not always fun. It's kind of just like having a roommate. You know their quirks, <laughs> you know when they usually come around with their BS, you know, <laughs> and you just learn about it. And I think lear- like learning and accepting to coexist with it was also one of the most freeing things that having anxiety didn't make me weak. Um, It didn't make me less of a person and it didn't mean that my life was going to be terrible. It was just, in my experience, a thing that I had the opportunity to really learn about and uh, to kind of create some hacks and some, and some coping mechanisms around. So yeah, yeah. And to get you to where you are as well, because yeah. you would have, if you were still working and doing all that with your other job, you may not mm-hmm. be where you are now. So absolutely. That's absolutely really amazing. Everything yeah. can, can turn out well it, and it does. And yeah, I think I love what you said about um, having anxiety as kind of like having a roommate. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. Anyone is, who's had a roommate will probably relate, unless you've had an awesome roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Even the awesome ones, every now and then there's going to be something. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Um, so in terms of how that all planned out, it, as you said, that was a big combination of all these different um, energy work and um, therapy and medication that really helped you. Uh, do you. Do you ever go to anything specific that you have on a daily basis or that you live by as like a spiritual or wellness practice? Yeah, absolutely. So energy work has played a huge role in this season of life that I'm in. I've been uh, partnering with an energy worker for uh, the last uh, over two years now, and she is super amazing. name drop her her name's Frankie Simmons and she's based out of the U.S. here but she is amazing she's on TikTok Instagram Um, she calls herself yeah she calls herself the internet big sister which is so true she's actually a dear friend of mine um too and she working with her and learning about keeping my energy clean has kind of laid the groundwork because, you know, I know a lot of people that have mental health issues, um, challenges, they, we, at least in my experience, it's hard to do the things that you have to do. Everyone's like, you need to take medicine. You need to get up. You need to take care of yourself. You know, there's a lot of things that you need to do (laughs) as somebody with anxiety and depression and the feeling always arises. How do I do that? Like if I literally don't even want to get out of bed, how do I take care of myself? And so the energy cleanup that I've done uh, with her has helped me so much to lay the groundwork so that I kind of can go from being 
below zero to like being at least at zero and have a baseline to build upon so that I can start doing those take care of yourself things. Um, so energy work has definitely played a huge role. And in working with her, I've picked up tools that I can do on my own, um, you know, like cord cutting and just like grounding and just a couple of other more advanced techniques that I can do on my own to help regulate my nervous system um another thing is just taking care of myself and I sometimes hate talking about this in the mental health world because there was a lot of shame for me around not being able to take care of myself for a long time yeah um and I think we hear that everyone's like and sometimes there's like very harmful like memes that will float around that, that are like if you're anxious but you're not taking care of yourself you're not doing yourself any good and I'm just like that is toxic <laughs> so I just want to put that out there <laughs> yeah so toxic because if you're ang- if you're in such an anxious state it's very difficult to be able to take care of yourself actually taking care of yourself is one of the hardest things when you're in yeah. in an anxious state Yeah, and taking care of yourself is hard, even if you're not an anxious person. Like, our society just doesn't normalize that. They normalize telling you to all the time, but they don't normalize actually taking care of yourself and prioritizing yourself. So I just want to put that out there, that this season of my life, taking care of myself and prioritizing myself is a huge piece in how I cope with my anxiety, but... It took me a long time to get here and I don't do it perfectly. Um, Like I know for myself that I am better when I wake up in the morning um, earlier than my family so that I can put myself very first. Um, But I also hate waking up in the morning. I hate that the business world tells you you have to wake up in the morning. And so I fight with myself back and forth all the time. Yesterday I woke up at 6.30 a.m. Today, I woke up at 8.30 a.m. just in time to do this podcast, <laughs> like, you know, and so I, it, you don't have to be perfect about it either, but learning a thing that helped me was when I was in a good state, when I was not feeling anxious, looking at my life and identifying some very small items, some things that I could do that made me feel safe yeah um so that's things like drinking something warm um you know having like a heating pad or a weighted blanket and just like making a small list um and having that on hand and you know I also have a husband who's very supportive of me and my mental health journey. So having somebody like him who lives in the house and can tell me, can hand me that list when I'm feeling sad and just say, hey, when you're ready, like maybe pick one of these things to do for yourself and making them so small and actionable, like that even he could pull up and put a weighted blanket on me if he needed. But like having those little, it doesn't have to be take yourself to the spa. It doesn't have to be, those don't actually do a lot of good. But having those like safety cues was huge for me because now I know, okay, I can do this. And then you can move on to the bigger safety cues, which is like waking up in the morning if that feels good for you or allowing yourself to sleep in if that feels good for you. Um, but just 
it goes back to the trusting myself and the learning about myself. And um, again, why I'm so passionate about this in business, but it translates to life as well is that there are no rules. Each and every individual has a unique operating system within themselves. And yours looks different than everybody else. And so, yes, like look around and gather information from what other people are doing and like pick up what, what feels good and leave what doesn't and, and play your own game, you know? know? And so, yeah, I think it is so important to recognize and realize that, you know, what works for other people doesn't have to work for you and you're also not broken but those are my go-to things right now um is yeah (laughs) those two things yeah so good energy work I really really want to get into more as well yeah um so I'll definitely be looking your friend up um and I think your the list of three things is or or and it, it doesn't have to be three it could be however many you like <laughs> but yeah. um just small safety actions i think that is so so helpful because when you're in that state you're like what what do i do i don't know what to do or you can't you know you can't even think so <laughs> um or you're just exhausted. Yeah. So having those things there to remind you and even your husband being able to say here, like I think that's just amazing. I am actually going to ask my boyfriend to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah. And one more thing on the safety piece, it is really important and this may feel obvious or simple, so simple and can't believe you didn't think of it, but like it, it is so important to make yourself feel safe because when you're anxious, you don't feel safe. You feel like the walls are caving in. You feel like something bad's happening. And so, you know, getting back to a state of productivity is step like 10. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't get there yet. And I think a lot of times the anxiety, at least for me, in my experience, the anxiety builds because I'm thinking about while I'm anxious, all of the things that are getting put to the side and so we're like trying so hard to go from zero to 10 again when really step one is just make yourself feel safe um and yeah and a lot of times in my experience you'll bounce back a lot quicker you might not and don't put that pressure on yourself but it is a lot easier to take yourself from zero to one one to two two to three than to try to go from zero to ten in that state absolutely completely completely agree with you um and it it really is because when you're anxious when you're in an anxious state you're it's it's all to do with fight or flight it's going back to our caveman days of um of really having to your body thinks you're in danger your brain is telling you you're in danger you have and that's why you get all this adrenaline and all those feelings of brain fog and because your brain is basically telling you you can't think of anything else apart from getting away running from that saber-toothed tiger 
say (laughs) (laughs) absolutely absolutely Um, so exactly make giving yourself that space to ground yourself and bring yourself back into the present and letting your your body know you are okay you're not running away from a saber-toothed tiger Uh, (laughs) they don't exist anymore (laughs) (laughs) they're extinct they're extinct (laughs) (laughs) um on that note what what do you kind of class self-love what does self-love mean to you Mm. so for me self-love had to start with self-trust and I honestly feel like the two for me go hand in hand you know I grew up in a space and in a community that self-trust was not a it wasn't a thing it was seen as deceitful um, to put too much trust in yourself and so that has had to be a journey for me I didn't love myself because I didn't trust myself and Um, I didn't have a relationship with myself because I didn't trust myself and it trust is just such a foundational piece of loving someone and we can think about that in you know our external relationships um, as well and so having to and learning to trust myself was such a huge piece in the self-love journey and it and for me it's really where everything comes down to um and also just being able to sit with myself and listen to myself Mm. um loving myself so I'm somebody I'm an external processor and I also am I'm an Enneagram four and I love relationships and deep conversation yeah and I think oversharing is also one of our, our <laughs> things as an Enneagram and so I love to talk to people about my problems <laughs> it's like a drug and so learning to give my my inner self that attention instead of when things happen or when I'm feeling a certain way immediately seeking external validation or external processing to sit and allow my inner self to process um, to my conscious self was like the biggest thing because there's this part of me that wants to be heard and she can't be heard when my mouth won't stop (laughs) and when I won't stop processing and taking in other people's opinions. And so learning to sit with myself has been one of the hardest lessons to learn, but also one of the most loving things that I can do for me. Um, because we hear this all the time and it can become very cliche. It can be become something that really just goes in one ear and out the other. But, you know, you have all of the answers inside. Yeah. And like, yes, there is value in speaking to somebody and, you know, having a trusted person, you know, like I'm a mentor. I'm definitely about you, <laughs> you know, seeking external help. Um but, and it is really so powerful 
to sit and allow your own clarity to come through first and to remember and cling to your values and what feels true for you so that when you go and seek external information, it's going through your filter and it's not, you're not taking everything that everyone else says, you know, (laughs) as the Bible. your thoughts on what other people say rather you're forming your thoughts on what on what you and your inner self are saying and things come next after that and if you have thought oh wait I didn't think about it in that perspective when you go and talk to someone else then that's that's fair enough and and that's also very helpful but when you're when you're really learning from yourself it really and talking to yourself being okay with being with your with yourself it it helps it gives you much more clarity I've found yeah absolutely and that is like I said it's one of the hardest lessons that I've learned it is a skill because everything if you look around at the world everything is you know designed to help you hide from your emotions and to numb them and to shove them under the rug and you know avoid them at all costs and so do it, making a choice to sit with them and to to hear yourself is an act of rebellion in today's society um so it's not always easy but the peace that comes from that no matter what comes up for me is always so refreshing and so it's like a coming home feeling Hmm. um a safety feeling and so those are really my um my self-love I don't even know what to call them I guess approaches or those are the ways that I choose to really love myself and then where I focus that energy that is amazing and I love that that feeling that you say of of coming home I think I think it's so powerful it's it really is a powerful way to explain it and to not validate but really show the power of of talking to to your inner self and um, yeah allowing yourself to trust yourself I think that really is amazing yeah Yeah. and our inner self is really just like a child and I (laughs) I always think, and you know, I work with a lot of, not all, but a lot of moms. And so they can relate to this uh, really well. But I just think, unless you're just not a a children person, which is fine, (laughs) (laughs) I can understand. Um, But most people would not talk to children the way that we talk to ourselves. Yeah. Um, And so sometimes it's just kind of like making that identification can help you be like, oh, snap, like I am not treating my inner child with uh, you know, the same respect I would give other children. I would treat a five-year-old better than this. And so <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, sometimes making that distinction can help you make the switch or even just see the importance of, uh, of shifting the way that you talk and the space that you give your inner self. 
Absolutely. I think that I think that a lot actually, but in a in a slightly different way. I also love children. I work with them quite often. So at <laughs> um but I have a slightly different way of or I've said this and it's really helped a few people, is that you wouldn't talk to your best friend the way that you talk to yourself. Yeah. You would never, ever talk to your best friend the way that you talk to yourself. Yeah, we really, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I'm just, it boggles me. Like, I don't understand it and I understand it all at the same time. Like, <laughs> why it is so much easier for us to treat other people better than we treat ourselves. And you're so right. I, yeah. I have so much for that what you just said like it's <laughs> you how we can treat other people better than ourselves like we spend 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 <laughs> days a year over and over and over with ourselves yeah we not want to to love that and nurture that relationship i don't know um it comes down to that relationship is the most important, the one with yourself, because you are with you the most of anyone else. Yeah. Um, so if you're not treating treating yourself the way that you should be treating yourself in a, in a being kind to yourself, it 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 will uh, will have a dramatic impact on how how you are able to uh, do things. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it is. And it's so, I think it's funny how we both said, I don't understand it, but I do understand yeah, yeah, yeah. it. <laughs> it's just like, I can see how we got to this point. Yeah. You know, but also, what the crap? Like, why? <laughs> oh, in um, for that, with this telling our past selves or anybody, our current selves um what is the most valuable piece of advice that you would like to share mm. the most valuable piece of advice i i feel like the most valuable thing that you can do is learn to trust yourself. And I feel like a broken record because I've already mentioned mm -hmm. this a couple of times, but it is so true. Um, trusting yourself and allowing your internal guide to help you make decisions, to help you find, you know, what's true for you. It has been one of the most freeing journeys of my life and um you know we're told by society over and over again you can't trust yourself you know you it, there's too many like external influences and especially if you have mental health uh, challenges people will mm -hmm tell you oh like how do you even know if you're thinking straight and you begin to believe these things um but I am and this will be a bit on the spiritual side but I am a firm believer that there's a version a future version of you who's already where you want to go who's already on like overcome the obstacle that's in front of you or made the decision that you're trying to make and 
if you just will listen and allow for guidance internally and then again you know seek that external validation there's no like shame around that if you need it but talk to yourself first trust yourself and even just (laughs) sometimes it is as simple as sitting down and saying if I trusted myself what would what would I say what would I do and allowing that clarity to come through because right now it feels hard to trust yourself because you're like I don't and I shouldn't and there's a lot of reasons not to trust myself but if you can like flip the script a little bit and just say if I did though what would my inner self say even just that little slight shift into like the possibility of trusting yourself can open so much room for clarity and for your inner self to be like thank you for letting me speak (laughs) and um so trusting yourself is super huge um Another piece of advice I'm going to give you too. (laughs) My my favorite one just popped up and I actually can't believe I didn't say this one first, but the trust piece has been a theme and I definitely think that um, that is a huge, huge piece. If trusting yourself feels hard um, and there are a lot of conflicting voices in your head, my surefire way to move forward in any situation, whether there's like a decision that needs to be made or just like you need to figure out what to do next throughout your day because you've been anxious and you just want to do something or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Make your decision from a place of love. Everyone at every point in your life makes decisions either out of fear or out of love everything I mean from and and that's how society trains us I remember I told this story when I was doing a training before I told a story of um you know my kids getting ready to brush their teeth and they were like why do we have to brush our teeth and I said because if you don't your teeth will fall out like that's <laughs> what I was told I'm sure that's what my mother was told like yes you just say that and I remember thinking like that was intense for a four-year-old <laughs> yeah <laughs> my four-year-old looks at his teeth and it's like what mm-hmm. um but I'm just like what would happen if we grew up brushing our teeth just because we loved our body and we were thankful that our teeth helped us eat. Um, And why is that not the default? Like we have to find these extreme situations. If you don't brush your teeth one night, they're going to fall out, (laughs) (laughs) you know? And, and that's just how we are. But I believe that every decision can be made out of either fear or love. It also sometimes doesn't even change the decision that you're going to make. You've got two choices. You can choose choice number one from a place of fear or from a place of love. It's really not about making the wrong decision. And I fully believe that you cannot mess this life up. But having that clear intention and that clear energy and saying, you know, if I loved myself, if I wasn't afraid of whatever I was afraid of, what decision would I make or how would I move forward with my day and making and moving from love? Oh my gosh, it will literally change your life. I love that so much. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I really do though. I, I, I really think it is so important to to 
to try and remove those those obstacles of all oh, but but this but that but you know there's always a but you know yeah um and and really making that decision of based on love and removing I love what you say about removing the the fear from from the choice just yeah. if I wasn't scared what would I do and that that makes me think of something that my friend Alex um says a lot is do it scared mm. do it scared yeah absolutely and it is totally normal to have fear and we never want it to be about like gaslighting your feelings yeah um but holding space for them in that moment and just being like yep this is scary doing it scared and if I just loved myself (laughs) how would I move forward absolutely Oh, thank you so much for that. Those two amazing pieces of advice. I have had such a wonderful time with you and talking. And I'd like to just ask one more question before we move on to the quick fire round. Yeah, Um, absolutely. What makes you feel empowered and strong and supported? That's a really good question. I think on the days that I feel most supported, I am kind of pairing two of the things that we talked about. Uh, So first of all, checking in with any feelings that I have and giving lots and lots of space for them to come through and validating them is huge because again, like with children it's very easy for us to be like i'm busy i don't have time to sit here and give space to these feelings and i think a lot of times we think that we're all of a sudden gonna break down and cry or that we're gonna like slip into a depression all day long um but at least in my experience that only comes when we suppress the feelings and a lot of times just speaking out loud i'm mad because of this or i am scared because of this and then being like a crazy person and saying okay michaela that makes a lot of sense it makes a lot of sense that you're you know scared about that or sad about that yeah uh giving my space myself space to feel the feelings to say them out loud and to validate them helps me to move forward throughout my day with more productivity not that productivity is the ultimate goal but you know a lot of us are like you know that's a source of frustration for us when we can't yeah. get stuff done Um, so it helps me move with more productivity and also in a way that, that I feel like my whole self is accepted, you know, and if you're able to express yourself, even if it's just in a room with you, um, express yourself and tell yourself by the actions that you're taking in the space that you're providing, that your whole self is accepted here you are going to show up so much more powerfully. Yeah. Um, you know, we are not robots. <laughs> we are meant to be our whole self and to have space for each part of us, the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, mm-hmm. to show through. And so when you create that space for yourself, you just show up in a much more empowered way. Absolutely. And so, um, that's kind of one of my biggest things and then also 
um, really just paying attention to any resistance that comes up throughout my day. I loosely plan my weeks Mm -hmm. so I know about what I want to accomplish. I know, you know, the, um, you know, hard commitments that I've made. So like any, anything that's time sensitive, if I have meetings, if I have client calls, podcast interviews, things like that, um, that are set on my calendar and then everything else gets to be fluid, um, and fill in the gaps so that I have a lot of time to check in with resistance and to, uh, move in a way that feels more authentic for that moment. Cause again, we're not robots. And a lot of times we're asked to conduct our days as though we are. Um, and that doesn't leave a lot of room for us to feel the various ways that we're going to feel as humans. And so giving myself as much space to be whole helps me to move forward with all of my power intact and um, feels super good when I'm able to nail it. (laughs) (laughs) That is amazing. I think those are great ways to feel empowered. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of people will take, take some good things away from those. So to end our conversation, we'll do a quick a uh, quick fire round. Uh, I hope you're ready for it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I hope I am too. <laughs> Just kidding. They're not. There's nothing crazy in here. <laughs> you did answer one of the first ones a bit earlier on, but I'll ask it anyway. Are you an okay. early bird or a night owl? Definitely a night owl. When do you think you're most productive? 10 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> what energizes you? creative people oh I love that what gives (laughs) value to your life um deep conversation what makes you feel alive um punching a punching bag oh yes that's so good isn't it it's amazing I was working out this morning and I was kickboxing and oh yes that's so good my favorite (laughs) (laughs) what is a big goal of yours Uh, to spend more time with my kids what is a small goal of yours to own an rv (laughs) oh my gosh do it that is so good i'm currently converting a camper van and uh, go for it that's so good i cannot wait to see it (laughs) (laughs) what is your go-to song to dance to anything from Lizzo oh um (laughs) I really like uh tempo is one of my favorite ones for her (laughs) oh she is just incredible what's your biggest strength my biggest strength is deciphering word vomit (laughs) (laughs) it's so good word vomit is difficult okay we got a few more um what is your goal spirit animal Oh, a tiger love it not a Siberian tiger a saber tooth <laughs> a saber tooth <laughs> <laughs> so good <laughs> where is your favorite place on earth anywhere beside the water oh yes I love water and then one last one how do you feel about silence I am learning to enjoy it it's uncomfortable at times but I'm learning to enjoy it oh that's so fantastic oh I've had such a good time with you you 
have been an amazing guest to have on the How Do You Peel podcast. And you have some absolutely incredible pieces of advice and great ways to share of your wellness practices and spiritual practices so I absolutely loved hearing about those and thank you so much for sharing about your journey thank you so much for having me you've been an amazing host this was so much fun (laughs) I'm so glad I feel very privileged to be the first thing that you did uh, that you did that this podcast was the first thing that you did this morning (laughs) yes it was and I yes I'm so excited too it was the perfect way to start my day and thank you so much Michaela and where can everybody find you yeah absolutely uh so I am friendable on Facebook you can just find me my personal page is Michaela Irvin E-R-V-I-N um I'm also on Instagram and that is at Mrs. M-R-S Michaela Irvin um those are the two best places I would love to chat with you my space is a very uh communal space I love to actually know the people that are in my circle so if you add me I'm probably gonna message you and just say hey and ask you like what your favorite color is or something (laughs) (laughs) mine's yellow by the way (laughs) (laughs) I love that I'm big into relationships and social media is like such an amazing tool for us to use to connect with people um but I think sometimes it can be surface level and I like to go deeper with people so yeah I would love to connect with you there I really encourage I really encourage you to go and connect with Michaela. She is absolutely fantastic. And thank you. I also, I also can't believe I forgot to mention, but I do, if you're listening to this, you might like podcasts. I have my own podcast called Unruly Business. Um, I'll send you a link for that, Georgina. But um, it's especially good if you're a business owner and don't like rules. Oh, fantastic. Well, I'll be listening to that too. <laughs> yeah, we'll put, I'll put all of the links in the show notes so you'll be able to see um, and do a bit of a copy paste if you need to. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Thank you so much, Michaela. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with Michaela. And if you resonated with anything that she said, please go and check her out at The Whole Mac on Instagram. She is such an incredible woman and I really, really enjoyed doing this podcast with her. I can't wait to get her on again to talk about other things. If you want to go check out How Do You Peel on Instagram, that's what it is, at How Do You Peel. And if you want to go check out our clothing and merch, it's www.howdoyoupeel.co.uk. Peel with a P. Use the discount code SELFLOVE, all capital letters, for 15% off your first purchase. 10% of every purchase goes to a mental health charity. It changes every three months, so go and check out on the website what it is going towards now. Um, and yeah, Give it all a a looksy look and share this with your friends if you really liked it and if you think anybody else would benefit from listening from it too. So I cannot wait to speak to you very, very soon. I'm going to start doing little snippet podcasts that are just me, bonus episodes. So yeah, I look forward for you to hear that. 
big love and have a happy week. Bye.